Welcome to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Ten seconds to play. Puck comes to the far side in the Ranger end. Hallander with it. Throws it back down low. Schneider chips it up the near side wall. Two seconds and one. And that will do it as the New York Rangers are going to shut out the Penguins 3-0. And everyone comes together down to our right in the Rangers zone. Hallander's got Schneider in a headlock. Pedersen pushing with Nemeth. Angelo tied up with Hunt. Some frustration boiling over here for the Penguins, who will wind up dropping the final three regular season meetings between these two teams as the Rangers cap it off with a 3-0 victory here tonight. We played a lot of good teams. Um, bigger team, more physical team, and I thought we played well in all those games. You know, like there's every every of those games could have go either way. Um, the one in Colorado, um, you know, they could have get that one too. Tonight, like I said, it was tight. We could have could have come back in the in the in the third with the chances, but you know the guys are fighting. They're they're working hard. A lot of character. They um, they they went to war tonight and and try to get those points. But um, like I said, there's little things that we have to improve, learn, and um, I think they're all correctable. When you look at the last handful of games, I feel like the the teams played uh, played pretty hard. We we haven't got the result, but but we just got to continue to stay with it. That that's uh, that's the message that we gave the guys after the game. You know, we've got to learn through each experience. Uh, we can't dwell on it. We got to we got to look at the one in front of us and try to win that game. The Penguins have lost three in a row in regulation for the fourth time this season. The last two times it happened, it went five and zero oh in their next five, and eight two and one in their next eleven. They have 10 games remaining after dropping all three games this week. Good morning and welcome to Penguins Live Weekly with Brian Metzer. I'm Paul Steigerwald. Wayne Gretzky-Anderson and Chris Schwanke are at the controls this morning. Good morning, Metz. The sun came up today. I, I saw it. I saw a lot of rain when <laughs> I was on my way here. But to your point, yes, uh, we all got up today and got out of bed and it is a new day. And so that's the good thing, right? You always have a chance to start fresh and that's what we're doing today with a big weekend of hockey lying ahead for the Penguins in which they can kind of cleanse the palate a little bit and get back into action. 2-5-1 and one in the last eight. It's a little frustrating to uh, to take at this time of year. I guess we could probably spend an hour just talking about why it's happening, if it really matters all that much, what it means for the future uh, and on the near term and maybe even the long term. Uh, those are all subjects for many shows, I think, going forward. But the most important thing is the Penguins and Tristan Jari have lost some games in a row. Jari four straight. The only win in the last five was a 4-3 overtime win at Minnesota, and Casey DeSmith was tremendous in that game. He will probably play tomorrow against Nashville at PPG Paints Arena in a very big four-point game today. It's a huge one, uh, specifically when you look at the fact that the Caps are six behind the Penguins at this point. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that came out of the little bit of a swoon here, Stag, is the fact that you're jockeying for playoff positioning and everyone else is playing so well and the Rangers have been able to pull six ahead of them. So the Penguins have kind of locked themselves in in a way, making this game a lot more important than it may have been coming into 
and into this weekend had they just won a couple more games leading up to it. But I think that's the biggest thing is that you're now almost looking like you're going to be the three team in the Metro based on how they've played lately. One of the things we didn't talk about the other night in the postgame show after the loss to the Rangers was that the Rangers goaltender Igor Shesterkin waved bye-bye to the team as they were going off the ice. I wasn't aware of that because we were here getting ready to do our show. But yeah. In the uh, aftermath, we found out that the Rangers were feeling pretty froggy after that win over the Penguins. Things like that immediately changed my thinking a little bit. Meaning, you know, we, we were feeling... <laughs> why, th- why did I know you were going to say that? That's why I brought it yeah, up. Because-, because, you know, we were down a little bit and we were feeling kind of bad about it. And I saw that video and I'm just like, uh-oh, you better watch now, buddy. You're poking the bear. <laughs> and that's a young- and his teammates maybe didn't love it because as soon as he did it, I couldn't see who it was, but somebody kind of grabbed his helmet and pulled him over like, no, 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 don't do that. That's uh, snubbing your nose a little bit at the hockey gods is what it is. You don't yep. do, you don't do that. It's just it's the equivalent. It's a new age equivalent of locker room material, right? It, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad juju. <laughs> I, I would say. Well, we will have the highlights of all three games. Joe Beninati, the TV voice of the Washington Capitals, will be on the phone from D.C. We always welcome him this time of year and enjoy his uh, visits. It's another hour of spirited Saturday morning hockey talk with Brian Metzer and Paul Steigerwald on the Penguins Radio Network. Presented by ST Bank. Your business is growing. Now what? The bankers at ST Bank are ready to discuss your concerns and help provide you with what you need for your business to succeed. Stop by and visit one of the local offices and talk options with a banker today. Or go online at stbank.com or call 800 325 2265. ST Bank. Member. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hey, Pens fans, this is Josh Getzoff. This season, Vector Security is giving away a free home security system for life to one new customer every Friday. So if you're going to the game, look for the Vector Security logo in the lights and on screens throughout the arena and enter to win. Or you can enter anytime by visiting Vector Security on Facebook. As the official security partner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Vector Security wants to help you defend your house for life. This message is brought to you by the members of Steam Fitters Local 449. Ever ask yourself, what is a steam fitter? Well, a steam fitter installs and services heating and air conditioning equipment in offices, hospitals, schools, and other commercial buildings. Steam fitters install and service refrigerator systems in supermarkets, retail stores, warehouses, and laboratories. Steam fitters work on process pipe. Process pipe systems are in energy and manufacturing plants of all varieties. To see the Steam Fitters Local 449 new training facility, visit the website at UA. 449.com. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. It is Penguins Live Weekly. It's here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., taking a look back at the week that was. And uh, tell all your friends that we're here every Saturday morning because we make a lot of time for this, and we uh, we, we enjoy doing it, and we want to know people are listening to it. And it's, uh, it's early in the morning on a Saturday, so... Just let all your buddies know that uh, we're here because we would appreciate it. The week began with high hopes, and uh, that was a mile above sea level. 
the first of a home-and-home -home series with the best team in the league featuring two of the most talented teams on the planet. The Penguins were missing Jason Zucker and Brock McGinn. The Avs were without Gabe Landeskog and Nazem Kadri, among others. Remember when the Penguins were seemingly scoring first every night? Lately, not so much. After failing to beat Darcy Kemper on the first 17 shots of the first period, the Avs took the lead in the second. To the slot, tries to go right wing for Kapanen, and bounce back to him, and he turns it over to McKinnon. He rumbles through the neutral zone. Nathan McKinnon down the left wing on the far side, drops into slot, Burakovsky, blast one, shoulder save, Jari, rebound, batted in, they score. Miko Rantanen atop the crease, breaks the deadlock. Avalanche strike first, it's 1-0. The Penguins' stars combine to even the score, if for only 26 seconds. For Dumont, he'll gain the line left wing, left circle for Gensel. Shot was blocked, picked it up behind the net. Gensel up the right wing for Latang. he shoots one safe, Kemper rebound, swatted in, Sidney Crosby scores! And the Penguins have tied this game with 5.14 to go in the second, the captain with an answer. Look out here, new hook down the right side in the attacking zone, drops it off, AQ Bell, blast one in, they score! It came in and out of the net so quickly, but it counts. Aubey Cubell back in the lineup gives the Avalanche the lead right back. It's 2-1. The Avs lead the league in goals from defensemen, but the Penguins have a dangerous weapon of their own on the blue line. Mike Matheson able to get that puck, and he's going to get going through center. Matheson down the left wing, a wrist shot off the glove of Kemper. It's scooted free. Penguins have it. Gensel back door to Matheson. Right side shoots. He scores! Mike Matheson ties this game with 4.53 to play. These Penguins do not give up. And uh, as I was saying. And back in come the Pens. Knocked out the center. Burakovsky with it. Remember that quick strike for the Avs. It's possible. Down the right side. A pass is broken up at the right point. Blasted wide. At the near post, they score. And a frantic play there as the Avalanche capitalized Devon Taves. Bottom in the near circle, puts the puck in. And again, less than a minute after the Penguins had tied things up, the Avalanche take the lead right back. 4.26 to play, 3-2 Colorado. Yeah, Taves, a defenseman, was up close to the net when he scored that goal, coming 27 seconds after the Penguins had tied it. And the Avs made it hold up for an extremely entertaining 3-2 win for them. Both coaches and a national TV audience were mighty impressed. I thought it was a, just a really good hockey game. It was a well-played game on both sides. You know, we had we had a lot of looks. We had a fair amount of chances. Um, we would normally, I think, convert on some of those. Um, but they they played extremely well also. It was a real competitive hockey game. I just thought it was a real good game on both sides. Well, I, I love the game. I thought the game was great. High tempo, you know, significant amount of scoring chances from both teams. Uh, both goalies were good. It was played five on five the whole night until the very end. So both teams real discipline. Um, I, I loved our, our competitiveness. And our checking game was good. We gave up uh, too much off the rush, for sure. Had a couple turnovers in the second, some things we can clean up. Um, the guys came to play tonight on both squads. That's Jared Bednar, who once drove a bus for his team, as well as coached it. I don't know if you heard that story. but I didn't hear that, Stag. Yeah, yeah, he used to drive the team bus. He's a beauty. That's why he loved the game so much. He was so excited to be there, right? And he's doing a great job out there. But um, Well, we'll see how well a job he's doing when he gets to the playoffs. I agree.
Uh, yeah, that's a team with a lot of trophies high, don't mean much. A lot of high hopes, right? And if they don't get it done, when are when are people going to start casting salvos their way for not getting over the hump? They gave up a lot of shots, Spence. They gave up another forty-eight or something last night. I mean, every game. It is every game, and uh, I think their their saving grace is that quick strike offense that you heard Josh Getzoff mention there. But when you look at the fact that Sidney Crosby had two different two-on-ones in this game, uh, one with uh, Jake, one with Brian Rust, you would think that maybe that could have been a little bit of a difference maker and they weren't able to capitalize. There were some moments, I think, through both Avalanche games where um, you had scoring chances where they hemorrhaged the opportunities for the Penguins, and they just weren't able to finish off against Darcy Kemper, who – was kicking rebounds out in both of the games this week, and uh, I think moving forward, that could be a bugaboo for them against teams that are able to get bodies to the net. That was a great game on Saturday. There isn't any question about that. It was not disappointing in any way. I mean, it was exactly what everybody was hoping for when we saw those teams were matching up on a Saturday afternoon on national TV, and the Penguins came away feeling pretty good about themselves. But the Avs were missing their leading scorer, Nazem Kadri, and also Gabe Landeskog. There was only one power play in the game. The Penguins had that. It was a very clean game. The change of venue was not of much help to the Penguins on Tuesday. It didn't take long before the Penguins were chasing another one. Go Ratnick comes out through center. Skating career game 400 tonight as he dumps it into the attacking end. On the far side is Burakovsky. Right circle McKinnon darts to the net. Centers atop the crease for it. Ratnick shoots and scores. Miko Ratnick puts the puck into the back of the net. And the Avalanche strike first two minutes and 45 seconds in, one nothing Colorado. That actually went off the stick of Brian Rust in front of the goal, and so did this one. Collected by Marino, he'll drop it for Crosby. Points in 13 straight at home. Left side for Gensel in the slot. Pedersen drives one off the pad of Kemper. Rebound, Rust shoots and scores! Brian Rust with the old pass-off pads into the back of the net. And it's 1-1. It was 1-1 after 20 minutes. The Avs' J.T. Comfer reclaimed the lead halfway through the second and added to it when Nathan McKinnon drifted one in from 40 feet away. Kept in at the right point by Johnson. He'll throw it near corner. Brantman behind the net for Burakovsky. Into the slot. McKinnon holding it on the forehand. Wrist shot. Scores! Nathan McKinnon up over the right shoulder. Ajari into the back of the net through traffic. And with exactly eight minutes to go in the second, it's 3-1 Avs. I thought I saw a butterfly floating by on that one. That was that was a weird goal. Evan Rodriguez got the uh, Penguins back to within one before the end of the period. Right wing for McKinnon into the near circle. He's run into by Pedersen. Stays with the puck, though. Plays it to the line. Pass Manson. Picked off. Rodriguez loose. Down the left wing on the backhand. Curls it on goal. Save made. Kemper still loose. Dug for. Penguins are right there, and they score! Kasperi Kapanen drove the net and put it home. And the Penguins make this a one-goal game with 2.17 to play in the second. It's 3-2. Yeah, they just kind of willed that puck into the net right uh, by the post. Kapanen was there. thought he might have kicked it in. As it turned out, Erod did get credit for the goal. Defenseman Devon Taves actually got the last stick on it to poke it into the net, uh, into the zone net. And the uh, game was uh, within one. The Avs were 33-1-2, however, when leading going to the third period. And they might as well have been up by two because they were just... One minute and one seconds into the third when this happened. Colorado out through center. Lekkonen's pass near side for Comfort. Dishes it into the attacking end. Taze left circle. Slips behind the net. Devon Taze to the far side. Back to the right point. Manson, he'll wind and blast. Scores! Josh Manson's first point, first goal as a member of the Avalanche is a big one. 
It's 4-2 Colorado. A flurry of goals in the last couple of minutes with Jari on the bench, including goals from Gensel and Matheson, made for a 6-4 final and a third straight loss for Tristan Jari. Tons of shots in the game again for the Penguins. They outshot the Avs 45-32, 19 in the first period, which means 36 in the combined first periods of the two games against the Avs. They had only one goal to show for those shots early in the games. Um, and a couple of long-range goals from the Avs in that one, Mets, uh, that kind of left me wanting a little bit uh, in terms of Tristan Jari's previously airtight goaltending. You're right about that. <clears throat> I thought there was, that was the first time we've seen a couple of those, I don't want to call them bad goals, but ones in which we said, man, he could probably had that one, uh, namely the McKinnon one. I mean, it just floated in. I know nobody kind of challenged him on it. He was kind of drifting back and threw it to the net. But there were a couple moments in this one I wish he would have Maybe been a little bit more locked in on those, tried to see through that traffic a little bit better. And you can truly make a case that even the first goal of this game, I know it was a bang-bang play, but a shot comes in, rebound, put right back as he's down over him. So, I don't know. There there were some little cracks in the foundation forming, and uh, it was I couldn't pin it all on Tristan Jari because it's not his fault. Uh, he's not getting a lot of support out there in some of these plays, but he's got to be better to – help bail them out and early in the season that's what was happening yes he was a he was a, <laughs> it's not the number one star he was one of the three stars almost every night he was making a ton of saves stag and and when you when you see him playing that way he was a Vesna candidate in many eyes around the league people were really hyping him up talking about his remarkable turnaround this year and uh he's still having a good year don't get me wrong but you're seeing him come down just a little peg and that peg is a difference in these one goal games this wasn't a one goal game but you know what i mean uh they're playing a lot of close games against good teams and maybe that's a difference maker if you get the big save once or twice throughout that one the avs clinched a playoff spot with that win that was totally uh, anticlimactic we knew that was going to happen it was a disheartening loss though uh, there was plenty of motivation for a more heartfelt performance on Thursday night in New York, too. We expect the Penguins to play with urgency in the third meeting with the Rangers in 13 days. But just before the game, we learned that Sid and John Marino would miss the game with non-COVID illness. Talk about a buzzkill, and it was a case of not enough Sid and too much Shesterkin. Tang out through center for Malkin, dumps it into the Rangers zone. In the near corner, Rust. Bangs into uh, Nemeth there, scooped up by Malkin atop the crease. Gensel shoots right, Pat saving tight for Shesterkin. Good stop there, maybe his best of the night. After a scoreless first period, the most dangerous Italian hockey player since Mike Camilleri gave the Rangers the only goal they would need in the game. Puck comes down to our left, Adam Fox skates it up ice. Up the right wing he comes, lobs it cross ice, connects with Kreider over the line, left circle, dances around Latang in that circle, bouncing puck, thrown atop the crease, backhander in on goal, they score! Frank Vitrano from the right wing circle, and just 24 seconds into the second period, the Rangers get the lead, it's 1-0. Artemi Panarin and Dryden Hunt added goals for a 3-0 Ranger win. Nine goals in 16 games against the Penguins for Frank Vitrano, four already for the Rangers against the Penguins. Unreal. And do you remember when Mike Camilleri ran rough shot on the Penguins in the playoffs in 2010? Yeah, 2010. Yeah, that was... The uh, Penguins had no answer for him. They didn't try to do anything to slow him down. And you feel like Frank Vitrata must feel like the greatest goal scorer in the history of hockey right now against Pittsburgh. And the Rangers have to be feeling pretty excited about acquiring him from uh, an interconference rival where you you never see those kinds of trades where two leading teams essentially make that kind of deal. He's been outstanding since he got there, and the Penguins know firsthand stag. But uh, what made his goal even more annoying was that it came 24 seconds into a period again. So on top of it, 
you're giving up one there. And then I, I mentioned it ad nauseum the other night. The neutral zone play the Penguins fell victim to on both of the the first two goals of this game through the diagonal pass springs a guy down the left wing wall kind of gets their defense all turned around and Vitrano was the the recipient of that first one. You can tell that Josh Getzoff is really starting to get a feel for Penguini hockey now because like he said the other uh, day in, in the Colorado game, uh, watch out for that quick strike. It can happen. <laughs> and then they scored and then. Right before they got that goal, <clears throat> excuse me, 24 seconds in, uh, Borky and Josh were talking about how, uh, you know, the Penguins have been giving up uh, early goals. They don't want to do that again after the good period they, they just had. You know, remember what happened in Colorado? Well, it happened again. So, you know, they're starting to kind of feel that there's certain things that do tend to rear their ugly heads sometimes uh, when you're talking about hockey, and not just Penguins, but I think all teams go through stuff like that. But uh, it's, it's frustrating. No Sid, no goals. You know, we can't underscore what Sidney Crosby's done this season. Going into that game, Sid was a top-five scorer in the National Hockey League from November 26th when he really got himself going because his first seven games of this season stagged just two points. But from that point on, he has been one of the best players in the league, locking up a point-per-game average again for himself this season. And when when you just see what he means, it, it can't be underscored. And so to find out late that he wasn't going to play just really, really hurt this team on this day. And unfortunately, I think it put a big spotlight on the fact that they are so reliant on the big guys because that allowed the Rangers to just focus on Geno's line, shut them down, and no secondary scoring again made a big difference in this one. Geno and Brian Russ, no shots. I think Jake had one. We've got enough in our lineup to win games. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's the mindset that we need to have. You know, I thought... Uh, I thought we pushed hard tonight. It's just been a struggle to score. Remember, Malkin was sick the last time the Penguins were in the guard. The Penguins uh, turned in one of their worst performances of the year, and that one, that 5-1 loss, they found that out the day of the game as well. Same deal, yeah. This was a different deal, though. The, you know, the Penguins turned in a much better performance, but the Rangers have taken advantage of the fact that both Malkin and Crosby missed games, and you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I mean, you you only can deal with what you're dealing with on that given day. And unfortunately, the Penguins, who we've seen overcome those kinds of situations so often in the past, Stag, like you and I both were thinking, uh-oh, no, Sid. You know what? This is the kind of game that maybe, you know, they could find a way to just, you know, get get over the hump. And unfortunately, Plus their record without Sid? Yeah. Like Bob Grove tweeted it right before the game. It's outrageous. And it, it's with, with all the big guys out. This yeah, team true. always finds a way. But specifically, without Sid, they always find a way. And we've always looked at Geno to step up in those occasions. And unfortunately, in this on this night, I think they did a good job of mitigating the top line for the Penguins. Held them pretty much in check. Uh, it did put on display again, though. I mentioned the Vitrano goal 24 seconds in. If you go back just even to the Minnesota game, just since then, Stag, They've given up a goal 20, 20 seconds after a goal, 17 seconds after a goal, 101 into a period, 102 into a period, 24 into a period, and then 17 seconds after an overturn goal against Minnesota. So they are they have to tighten up in those moments because you could play 55 great minutes of hockey, 50 great minutes of hockey, as they've been able to do. But if you're giving up goals right after you tie a game, it's so deflating. Or after you take a lead, you let them tie it. Or after you get the benefit of a video goal review overturning one and you give up a goal 17 seconds later, it's unacceptable. That's really good uh, um, inventory there, Mets. Thank you for finding that. Sure. Um, that's a little bit <clears throat> disheartening, but <clears throat> excuse me, they can get it out of the way now. That would be good. Um the recipe for success has not been there for the Penguins. Like, you know, and I think that the recipe being what it was early in the year when they were scoring first, you know, teams were chasing them. Their power play wasn't great early in the year, but their penalty killing was unreal. Then the power play really heated up on January 1st. 
winning them a lot of games. Uh, and they were getting those key saves from Tristan Jari and key goals. And, you know, and now it's just like the other things are happening against them. And they're on the wrong side of what everybody says is a fine line between winning and losing in the NHL. And it could be, what, the fine line of puck luck, too, because other teams are taking advantage of chances. They're getting a bounce here or there. They're scoring a goal. I mean, when you think even of a a Dumoulin turnover in the last Rangers game, not this week, but where he flips it up, it goes right to their player, Mika Zibanejad. It goes right to Frank Vitrano and he scores. Even on the Vitrano goal here. It's a uh, bouncing puck in front of the net. Uh, you have Dumoulin knocking the puck away from Chris Letang, and it just flips across the crease. Jari can't get back. Vitrano puts it in. So, I mean, those little things, when you're doing what you need to do to take advantage of a team, it seems like those bounces go your way. The Penguins were getting bounces, to your point, earlier in this year, in 2022. They were outstanding through the late stages of December, the, even coming out of that COVID pause, they were really on fire, playing such great hockey through the month of January. And I would say for a good six weeks now, they've been fighting themselves in terms of these things, giving up goals in those moments and just not getting the big save, not being able to get uh, a big goal from your third or fourth line. And maybe again, and we've talked a lot about it, it's as simple as getting Brock McGinn back, as simple as getting Jason Zucker back, because those two players add a dynamic. There's a trickle-down effect in the lineup. Your bottom six suddenly looks different. You have a guy that maybe can score a goal there. You have a blue-collar, defensive-minded presence in Zucker if he's on Geno's line. So, I mean, it's it. a lot of things have worked against the Penguins here as well in terms of injuries and sicknesses, uh, but it, it doesn't, it, it's not a great eye test right now. The good news is you got 10 games to get things worked out. They felt pretty comfortable with how they're playing. It's just buttoning things up a little bit. And Chris Letang said it in the one piece of sound we played. Uh, it's all correctable stuff, he thinks. You know, I, I think of that Ranger game, and I think, well, that was a big game because the Penguins wanted to you know, send a little bit of a message yeah. that, hey, you're not uh, going to beat us every time you play us and get a little psychological. No, we'll give you one. We'll give yeah. you one out of four. <laughs> and, and then they lose Sid, and so that kind of takes a little bit yeah. of, of the you know, fun out of it, obviously. Um, and then the other thing I think is, like, today against the Capitals, that's a big game, you know. But then there's other games where you're like, the points are all important and everything, but are we maybe making too much of a deal about these games going down the stretch being so important to get ready for the playoffs? I think the Penguins kind of have a feel for who they are and oh, yeah. what they've done all year. And I, I sense that, I don't know. So I'm going to ask you, I, I kind of wrote this down for later in the show, but I'll ask you right now before we take a break. Is the belief shaken at all, do you think, among the players and among the team in terms of what they could accomplish? Um. I would like to think not, uh, just because, like you said, they know who they are. They they are comfortable in their own skin. I mean, this is a group that has been there, done that, and I kind of feel like they're just ready to get to the playoffs. Me too. <laughs> at this point. Let's get it over with and, and get on with the show. Here. And they're like, okay, weather the storm, do what we need to do, get our guys back and healthy, and then we'll take a kick at the can here. So. They are obviously going to take, I mean, every team does it. When you get to the playoffs, you take it up another level, another notch with speed, another notch with just how you're approaching everything. So I think they will be ready for it. I don't know that the belief is shaken, to your point. I, I just think that they're very aware, though, that there are some things they've got to clean up, though, because the, you do this for six, seven, eight games, maybe it starts to form a bad habit or two. And then if you have it happen in a big moment in a playoff game, there's, it's not at, It's hard enough to come back in the regular season. It's a heck of a lot harder to come back from being down a goal or something in a playoff game off of a mistake you've made. Good point. 
you want to create the right mindset going in. Yes, that's uh, a good way to say it. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll be back, and we're going to get a visit from Joe Beninati, the TV voice of the Washington Capitals, coming up in a moment on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by s Bank. Hey, Penguins fans, put some flavor in your season with Snapple. Here at Snapple, we are serious about flavor. Snapple's got tasty tea and real fruit flavors all mixed to perfection. So try some of our favorite flavors, including peach tea, diet peach tea, or Snapple apple tea at your local retailer. Snapple is the official tea and juice sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Put some flavor in your break. Make time for Snapple. Hey there, hockey fans. Jim Shorky III here, inviting you to check out our Kia starting lineup, the Forte Soul, and our MVP, the 2022 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive for only $259 per month for 36 months with $19.99 do-it signing, and all backed by an unbeatable 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. We stock more and sell them for less. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Check them out at shortykia.com. See dealer web site for least details. Pens fans, how well do you know 2-6? You've seen our red logo on the ice, but did you know that we're a multi-billion dollar technology company headquartered right here in Penguins territory and entering our 50th year of operation? At 2-6, our vision is a world transformed through innovative materials vital to a better life today and the sustainability of future generations. 2-6. Materials that matter. No matter what level athlete you are, you know how to bring it. And you can't let a sports injury slow you down. Experts at UPMC Sports Medicine cater to the needs of athletes and active people of all ages. We offer individualized treatment plans, advanced surgical options, physical therapy, and more to get you back in the game sooner. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit upmc.com forward slash sports medicine. You're listening to Pens Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Well, we're trying to get Joe B. on the line, Joe Beninati. I'm sure we'll catch up with him because he's always there for us, uh, but right now he's not. <laughs> so Mets uh, <laughs> game this afternoon against the Washington Capitals and uh, our old friends, the Caps. Sometimes they're a good elixir for the Penguins. I kind of feel like this is the kind of game the Penguins can get their mojo back in uh, if they can find a way to beat them and give them a much better feeling about themselves here after a tough week. I agree with you there, Stag. I mean, we we were talking about that this morning before we went live that, you know, the Penguins probably are still faster than the Washington Capitals and they've not had the benefit of playing a team in which we kind of on paper look at and say, yeah, they definitely have a speed advantage against. At least it has appeared that way this season, even though they have gone uh, one, one and one against the Caps on the year. They lost six to one to them. They lost four to three in overtime to them. I believe it was overtime. And then you had uh, a four two win over the Washington Capitals. However, which is seemingly the case every single game now, the Penguins run into the Washington Capitals when they're red hot. They're 10-4-1 and in their past 15. They lost three games going into the month of March, Stag, and then they've just been on fire, just catching up in the standings, making a run towards the Penguins and trying to take over that third spot. And as we said, they're only uh, they're six, game, or six points behind them, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out today. I think we got Joe Beninati uh, ready like to it. come on the line yep. with us. So Wayne Gretzky-Anderson has tracked him down somewhere in D.C. And uh, 
It's like uh, Spicoli and Ridgemont High. I know that you said you you couldn't remember everything about that, but like, have you seen Jeff Spicoli? Yeah, he was hanging out by the fourth floor food machines. And he says, "Bring him in." That's what we did with Joe. We brought him in. He's here. Joe, what's happening this morning? A little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of a hockey game in uh, PPG Paints. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to it, Joe. Uh, we were just talking about how the Capitals are back on a roll again and they're starting to challenge. Maybe they have designs on moving up in the standings and uh, taking that spot away from the Penguins. We'll see. 86 points for the Caps, 92 for the Penguins, 70 games played for the Caps, 72 for the Penguins. they got two games in hand and a win today. would give them a good feeling about their opportunity to maybe move up. Yeah, it's been a difficult team to figure out, Steige. Uh, you know, they're one of the older teams in the league. That we know for sure. And it just seems like with the way the schedule has played out this season, there have been a number of, I don't know, five, six-day breaks built into their schedule. And most people would sit there and go, yeah, older teams would like that. I- I'm not sure with the older squad that too many days off doesn't take a little bit of the legs away from them. It, it might help them with respect to, um, you know, the injuries that have piled up and the extra days of rest. But it just seems like it takes their skating legs away. And, uh, for instance, they, they came back off of a five-day layoff, played against Minnesota, they were run out of the building. They came back in two days, played really well against a good Tampa team. So I, I think playing today against Pittsburgh, tomorrow against Boston, getting into more of a, a regular run, which it will be for the last two or three weeks of the regular season, I, I think that's going to be beneficial to them. They've been a little Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, there are some days where they look like uh, they can contend. There are other days where they look like they're a Mets and Mets and middle of the road team. I'm not sure which one you're going to get today, but usually – Whenever Pittsburgh's across from them, uh, they tend to bring, be on their best behavior. Hey, Joe, it's Brian Metzer. Thanks for doing this with us. Always appreciate your time. Uh, Stag and I were talking about the fact that the Caps, in the month of March, seemingly turned it on 10-4-1 in their past 15. Uh, there were some concerns going into the trade deadline about the goaltending of the Capitals, but it seems like the guys have settled in. Maybe Vanacek getting back has helped solidify that. What are you seeing from that position, and were you surprised that they didn't find a way to maybe bolster that spot a little bit? Brian, it's been erratic most of the year in that department in the Nets. I know Ilya Samsonov is the guy with the pedigree. He's the guy with the higher ceiling. Uh, when they walk off the bus or when they step onto the ice, you're going to sit there and pick Samsonov over Vanacek just by looks size, appearance, yes, you're going to pick Samsonov nine times out of ten. But there's part of me that thinks that the Caps coaching staff has more faith, confidence right now in Vitek Vanacek. There was a stretch there, Brian, from, I don't know, maybe mid-January to mid-March. When Vanacek was healthy, his numbers were were top ten in the league. A very, very good five-on-five. He's had some off games of late. There just hasn't been the consistency there that, they want, they need with respect to Washington going where they'd like to contend deep into a a long playoff run. And I think it was, I'm not, I'm putting words. I want to paraphrase Brian McClellan, the Caps general manager said around trade deadline, you know, I don't know that we're an upper echelon type team right now. I don't know that we need to go all in on a goalie. They didn't. He consistently has said to Caps media this season that he wants one of these two young guys to emerge, take the job and run with it. Every time one of them seems to be doing it, they stumble. And that's just the way it's been. It's been erratic. It's been inconsistent. Uh, I'm expecting you get Samsonov today off of a pretty solid performance against Tampa. But if 
you know, if we were, if we rewound the tape a week ago and you said this is game one of the playoffs, my guess would be Vanacek. Interesting. And, you know, if the, if the Capitals don't move up, let's say they remain in that second wild card spot, as of now, they'd play the Florida Panthers. The Panthers now have moved to the top of the food chain there in the Eastern Conference. It was Carolina for a while. So that would be a tough assignment. But uh, how do the Capitals well, fare against them this year during the regular season? Stike, here's the weird thing. And I, I started this interview by talking to you about the schedule and the, um, the peculiarities of the schedule this season. You mentioned a potential Washington-Florida first round. Uh, the Caps have not seen the Panthers since November. Played them three times in November, and that's been it. Wow. They were three high-scoring games. They were three one-goal games. I believe Florida won two of the three. And there were big mood swing games. It'd be one team's up 4-1, and here comes Florida, which you've seen the, the Panthers do a lot lately with these massive rallies. Their, their scoring ability is, is phenomenal. Um, it's just a strange quirk in the schedule. Those two teams, if they were to meet uh, in early May, would not have seen each other since November. The games were entertaining. Their styles stylistically play well against each other, so it would be a fun series. But with the way Florida is built right now, I don't know if anybody wants that. The only thing I would think of in that case, just like Pittsburgh knows, just like Washington knows, Chicago knew it, any of these teams, L.A., any of the teams that have won the Cup recently, do you have to learn how to walk before you run? You know, Florida doesn't have that playoff experience. Uh, As a number one seed, they're going to be a prohibitive favorite, but it's different. In May, it's different in the postseason. They have to learn that, but just by the strength of their lineup and their roster, you like their chances. Uh, Joe, I know everybody looks at those big scoring forwards of the team, starting with uh, Ovi. But when I look at the the Caps, it seemed as if, and I heard him interviewed the other night, and it made me look into him a little bit deeper. But John Carlson has seemingly been so important to what the team is doing right now. You go back to January, he had like a six-game span in which he didn't score, and all he's done since is roll up 27 points in his last 26 games. He's been the third leading scorer in March during this 15-game span. What's, what's John Carlson mean to them right now? It seems like he's very important in whatever they do to, to have success. He's been a, a tremendous producer for the vast majority of his career, Brian, and this is an organization, you know, you can go back a long, long way, and they've always been known for producing top flight defenseman and this could very well be the best of the best all time and like i said this organization's had some really yeah. good ones you know you want to go back to langway and stevens and hatcher and on and on uh there have been some really really good ones here this one john carlson uh, you know right around the time when the caps were pushing the penguins for president's trophies and stanley cups you go back 16 17 18 in, in that run where todd reardon was working a lot with john his game matured so much, both ends of the ice. But you're asking about the offensive end. He's an igniter there. He, he's not the kind of guy who's a, an end-to-end Kale McCarr-type uh, rusher of the puck, but he's always there on the second wave of the attack so that once the forwards do their job pushing deep, penetrating into the zone, there's Carlson in that second layer, and he's got a wicked shot. He He just does does have a phenomenal shot. So when that power play is on the ice today, he's someone that Pittsburgh has to be mindful of. He moves the puck well. The experience factor, the the link between Carlson, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, I mean, it's Oshie. 
completely it's second nature for that unit. They know where they're going to be. And John spearheads that he's, he's very, very solid. He's a bigger player than most people would imagine. He can handle himself in the D zone. I don't think he's world-class in the D zone, but he's worked a lot at it. And in tandem with Martin Faravari today, watch 42, um, you know, Faravari, I think has been the best caps rookie by far this season. And he's really allowed John Carlson to be John Carlson. So, uh, he's freed him up a lot to, to add to that offense. Joe, awesome stuff. Uh, enjoy the game. You'll be watching it today, I assume, and um, we look forward to seeing you down the road soon. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks, Joe. Same here, Brian. Same here, Staggy. And you know these are these are one of those unwanted days off. We hate these, but uh, it'll be fun to watch. I agree. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right, Joe, take care. That's Joe Beninati, the TV voice of the Washington Capitals, and we'll return in a moment on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by S&T Bank. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 at PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at purgatorybar.com. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. My work has been seen by millions. My work helps save lives. My work has gone platinum. Because I helped deliver the Vince Lombardi Trophy, life-saving medical devices, and equipment that records the biggest hits. I work at FedEx. Apply now at fedex.com slash careers. FedEx, where now meets next. I'm attorney Edgar Snyder. I'm a die-hard black and gold fan, and I never like to hear that our athletes are injured. At Edgar Snyder & Associates, we know how serious injuries can be. They can keep you out of the game. Or if you're an accident victim, injuries can sideline you from your life. At Edgar Snyder & Associates, we help get you off the sidelines and back in the game. For a free consultation, call one 800 9 for edgar or visit edgarsnyder.com. And remember, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 at PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at purgatorybar.com. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Here comes Marner. Two more assists tonight for Mitch Marner, and a shot rejected there. Bunting causes a turnover, and now it's Matthews on it for Marner. On the backhand across, Matthews scores! He has tied the Maple Leaf single-season goal-scoring record with a hat-trick goal here in Tampa. That's number 54 for Matthews. He scored twice since. He's got 56. I think he's going to hit the 60-goal mark. Remember but, Jonathan Chichu? Oh, yeah. He did that back in 2006. And the funny thing is, that's about all he, he did 
up to that point and after too, because he fell I off know. the ledge. I don't anticipate this guy that. ain't falling off. No, any this ledges. guy's going to probably be on pace for this every year. And what's funny about it, Stag, is I just heard an interview the other day uh, on XM, and they were like, "Oh, you know, this year, you know, he's he'll be fifty plus, and by next season, maybe he hits sixty, and maybe even seventy at some point." Well, he may get sixty this year, as you just pointed to. Actually, Chichu had fifty nine, so I got to be no. Yeah, but I, you're I, still, I still though. Yeah. I mean, the point you're making is, you know, it's like he's been red hot, or he was red hot then, uh, and I think he was a product of some of the players he was with. Austin Matthews is is the true straw stirring that drink. I mean, I know Mitch Marner's been on fire playing with him. We looked at that number the other night that he has more points than just about any player in the 2022 calendar year. But I think that's because he's playing with Matthews, and boy, they've really hit a stride offensively. Have you seen the goals he's scoring? Like he, he, he reminds me of Mario a little bit. I mean, he's he's basically tossing the puck into the net. It's like he's making it look so easy. Like there's not even a goalie in the in the cage. The one he scored, uh, I don't know if it was just his last one, where he kind of dances down the right wing, goes into the middle of the ice, and just goes backhand to forehand and beats the goalie. I'm like, oh, okay, you made that look awfully nonchalant and easy. But when you're feeling good about your game and playing at the level that he is, I mean, it's just a, a it's crazy to, to watch that happen. And you can just tell he's so confident in himself. And what's kind of neat, U.S.-born player. That just doesn't often happen with these U.S.-born guys. And Arizona, born and raised, NHL are doing this. How crazy. cool is that? It's wild. And, uh, you know, the, it's kind of ironic because Alexander Ovechkin has kind of been the only guy to score 50 recently. And now he's seven goals away. I don't think he's going to be able to get it done now. He's kind of cooled off. It was incredibly But as you say that, I sit here and go, oh, he gets a hat trick against the Pens today. And the next thing you know, he needs a couple down the stretch. Yeah. No, I hope we're all right. I hope you're right, Stag. I don't want a hat trick today. I'm just joking because no, that's how we get mean, bitten though. in the butt with, with you know that kind of stuff. Well, Kreider, he needs three for 50. He's got 47. And Leon Dreisaitl's already hit the 50 goal mark. It is interesting in this year, isn't it, uh, with these guys? The goals are up. Yeah, they are. And I, I feel like. Kreider kind of personifies it. I think there's a little less torture around the net for guys because of the crackdown on cross-checking. I think that's a factor. And one of the reasons why, for instance, Kreider has just been on fire and he's scoring a lot of goals from right in the paint. Um, and Plus I, that, I just, that work on the power play for him, right? I mean, he's just remarkable this year. Yeah. And so it's it's an interesting season from that perspective, and that's good. We like seeing more goals. And uh, I think it would be cool if there were – Four 50-goal scores for the first time since 06. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen now. I think they're just not running out of runway here. Because Kreider, I think, could do it. But uh, I don't know about Ovechkin. He's capable of anything, but I, I just I, I have a feeling this is not going to be the year he scores 50. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, he, he just on such a tear for stretches of this season earlier in, in the year, and he's cold a little bit. I mean, he's still putting up some points, but not like he was. And um, it, it will be... I don't want to. I don't want to write him off. Put it that way, because of his ability to score in bunches, as he so often does. And with them still having uh, what twelve games left, when everyone else pretty much just has has ten, I think that will help his cause. But it, it's just neat to see the way the goals are being scored. And when you just look at nightly scores here, Stag, there's there's many games that have absolutely decimated the over for you betters out there. There's you know even those six and a half goal games that a lot of people would be like, oh, it's a for sure bet the under, bet the under. It's not going six and a half. 
you're regretting that decision a lot. And maybe it's too because you see those situations where John Cooper is pulling his goalie early in games when they're behind. And we've seen other coaches do that, and it allows two and three empty net goals to be scored sometimes. Not every night. Yeah, there has been a lot of that yeah. this year. So more that, more that than helps. other years. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, so that helps the cause. And um, on top of that, taking away that cross-checking in front of the net seemed to make a big difference with mm-hmm. those those in-the-paint goals that you're talking about. There could be as many as 12 40-goal scores this year. And so that's amazing. That's cool to see, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just speaks to what we just mentioned. I mean, the goals are up through the roof here. And uh, the league is better when there's – I don't want to see offense to the extent of the old, you know, uh, Long Beach roller hockey league that you could watch on ESPN2 or something. And they'd put up, you know, 15 to 2 scores. This has been entertaining because there's still defense. There's still great goaltending but you still see a 5-3 type game. And that just makes it exciting for fans. You get to see your top players actually be the focal points of games and produce and be the selling point for the league and not the stupid stuff that occasionally rears its head, like knocking a guy's head off or you know ugly spearing plays or even just you know blood and guts. You're right. Absolutely right. Um, the Penguins are in the midst of playing seven games in 12 days, which I think all these teams are going through these things. I was looking at the Capitals. They have five and eight, then they have – you know, seven and in in thirteen or something like that. It's the same for every team in the league going down the stretch here. It's crazy the way the games are compressed. I think that's one of the reasons why scores are so crazy and why you're seeing some teams getting blown out on certain nights and then coming right back and blowing somebody else out. It's yep. it's, it's it's wild. But for the road ahead for the Penguins, I think this is a a day a game when the Penguins have to play with a level of urgency that's sort of built in. They don't have to manufacture it. It's there. I think it's a, it's it's. It's palpable. You know, the Capitals are closing in, and the Penguins need need to win this game today. Yeah, I mean, six-point gap, you can open that up further, or you could let them really be sniffing down your back. So it's a big a big two points on the line. The Penguins have to find a way to, if nothing else, yeah, uh, keep the caps in the rear view, but stop the bleeding a little bit here, Stag. You need a win. So when you go home today, Matt, so you're going to get yourself all gussied up for the big game today down at the arena? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, get a you know an umbrella and a bonnet and do all these things and be ready to come down to PPG Paints Arena uh, uh, for a big one with the Washington Capitals. All right, we'll talk to you later on in the day. The Penguins and the Capitals coming up. The pregame show is at 2 or 2.30, depending on the network station. We want to thank you for joining us for Penguins Live Weekly. We're here every Saturday morning. We'll be here next week, and we'll be here this afternoon on the Penguins Radio Network. Get-Go Cafe and Market is so much more than fuel and convenience. They serve up fresh, made-to-order food in exciting flavors and chef-inspired grab-and-go items so you can eat great even when you're in a rush. Welcome to sizzling season. Cheese steaks are back, and they're fully stacked with a quarter pound of steak and more cheese than the competition. Try signature subs like the Philly, the Pepper Jack with a mushroom and Swiss, or build your own with hundreds of combos and fresh toppings starting at just $6.99. Get-Go Cafe plus Market better believe it some chefs have a secret ingredient well we found the perfect secret ingredient seven up that's right seven up has just the right balance of bubbles and flavor that's why you can do a lot with it like seven up pancakes cupcakes guacamole carnitas and oh yeah don't forget the cocktails you can make seven up whiskey sangria margaritas and much more go to sevenup.com to find more recipes visit your nearest local retailer and pick up a seven up 20 ounce bottle seven up is the official soda sponsor of your pittsburgh penguins do more with 7-Up. Please drink responsible. 7-Up is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up Incorporated. No matter what level athlete you are, you know how to bring it. And you can't let a sports injury slow you down. Experts at UPMC Sports Medicine cater to the needs of athletes and active people of all ages. 
We offer individualized treatment plans, advanced surgical options, physical therapy, and more to get you back in the game sooner. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit upmc.com forward slash sports medicine. Hey there, hockey fans. Jim Shorky III here inviting you to check out our Mitsubishi starting lineup. Eclipse Cross, Outlander Sport, and our MVP, the all-new 2022 Outlander with third-row seating and loaded with great equipment. And all backed by that unbeatable 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Our opponents can't compete because we stock more and we sell them for less. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Check them out at ShorkyMitsubishi.com. Oh. Uh-huh. 